0: Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at TenderFitPlus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show.
1: Welcome back, guys. I'm Todd McComas and it's Saturday. My favorite day of the week. Mostly because I don't work on Saturdays. Spoiler alert: I'm not live right now. I'm speaking to you from yesterday. So technically, I'm a voice from the past, which is very fitting for today's episode because Saturdays for this show are all about the past, crimes from the past. And to guide you through these stories, I've elicited the help of one of my favorite storytellers, my partner in crime, Emmy Award-winning investigative journalist, Jessica Knoll. And as we close out our look back at the biggest crime stories in 2023, There's one that she's been investigating and covering for years that had several earth shattering developments over the past year. So let's join Jessica as she walks us through the tragic story of a sleepy small town that was awakened by the mysterious disappearance of a beautiful young mother.
0: Back in crime, in the year 2015, a mother of five vanishes over the 4th of July weekend. One of the search group leaders wrote a poem and posted it to the group's Facebook page earlier this year. It read, Each night I lay awake wondering where you are. I pray someone will tell us that they've seen your car. You were not the driver, your belongings left behind. Items you would have taken, parked at the 14-mile sign not every crack was sealed this was no solo act fitting how things will leak just as you turn your back slice by slice we're finding each spot that you have slipped each day you think you're sailing as we watch your sinking ship press conferences and interviews you dropped hidden clues you do not even realize that you'll pay your dues houses sold to strangers at least that's what you think, your friends are speaking faster than you could ever blink. A walk in the darkness in the pouring down rain, your lies are dissipating like the smoke of a train. One day the deals you made with the old money sack will bite you like karma, the bullseye on your back. We look forward to the day you slip off your new work boots, an orange jumpsuit and sell await where you will plant your roots. God is always watching. You will answer him. Your money will never pay the debt of your chosen sin. Crystal, we will not give up. All roads will see our travel until we bring you home to the sweet song of the gavel. The gavel would pound on its wooden block counterpart and resonate across the courtroom this year. But first, let me walk you through her case spanning nearly a decade, a story that led to that poem's words detailing the journey of those who love and miss her, and who've been hoping and praying for answers, and for justice. Nestled between two Kentucky metropolises, Louisville and Lexington, sits a quaint, small southern town filled with the charm you might expect. American flags waving somberly in the breeze along Main Street, where at the end, you're met with a roundabout to choose your next direction. Situated in the middle of that roundabout is a historic building, once home to the courthouse, and now the tourism center. That's because this town is chocked full of history, including a nod at one of its most famous industries— Because of its numerous distilleries, it's known as the bourbon capital of the world and was once honored with the title, Most Beautiful Small Town in America. This is Bardstown, Kentucky. Bardstown is like a lot of small, tight-knit towns. Everyone knows everyone. It's where you're born, it's where you raise your family, and it's where you're buried. And when you're there, your family, Your home. It's something you just feel. And I know, I've been to Bardstown many times, but not for the beauty or for the bourbon. I've been investigating the town's multiple unsolved cases for the past decade. Because another thing about this small town, it has its secrets. And for some locals, life has been an ongoing nightmare they can't seem to wake from. And for one family in particular, That nightmare has been dragging on for far too long. But soon, one by one, the dominoes will start to fall. Secrets once hidden away in the shadows will come to light, and long-awaited answers will be revealed. And finally, it's time to wake up. This is Crystal Rogers' story. As you travel through town, signs point to all its accolades that draw visitors from near and far. But signs around Bardstown, well, they also point to something else, something darker, something not in the tourism guide. Signs like this one. Things a murderer would say. I would never harm Crystal. I am innocent. I am 100% honest in everything I say. I am 100% not guilty of this. I didn't do anything to anybody. As an investigative journalist, I've been covering the missing persons, suspicious deaths, and unsolved murders in this small town since 2013. But this story begins two years later. It's the 4th of July weekend, 2015. Families gather for hot dogs on the grill cold beer in their hands, and a friendly match of cornhole. Parades crawl through Main Street. Red, white, and blue floats stream through the crowd, broken up ever so often by elaborately decorated horse-drawn carriages and emergency vehicles with lights bouncing off the buildings. Candy soars through the air and into the hands of tiny patriotic spectators, vigorously waving many American flags, and sitting, not so patiently, curbside. And later, fireworks illuminate the dark night sky, a spectacle filled with an echoing of ooze and ahs, a tradition to culminate the annual celebration of all things America. But amid the fun, the laughter, and the hissing sparklers in hand, Crystal, a 35-year-old mother of five, vanishes, never to be seen nor heard from ever again. On Friday, July 3rd, Crystal and her boyfriend and father of her youngest child, Brooks Hout, spend the evening at his family's sprawling farm, feeding the cows along with their toddler son. After feeding the cows, Brooks lights a small brush fire and together, the family of three takes a leisurely walk around the farm property before heading home around midnight. But on their car ride home, Brooks gets a call. It's Steve Lawson, an employee of Hauk Rentals, Brooks' property management company. The call is brief, just 13 seconds. Brooks, Crystal, and their two-year-old son arrive home around 12.20 a.m. Brooks goes to bed while Crystal stays up playing games on her phone in the living room and their son runs around and plays a little more to tire himself out. The next morning on Saturday, July 4th, sometime between six and 7 a.m., Brooks awakes to his son sleeping next to him in bed. But Crystal's not in the bed and she's not in the house. He gets dressed and calls her phone, but she doesn't answer. So he loads up his son and goes back to his family's farm. Following some work on the farm, he takes his son to his uncle's house for a family barbecue and fireworks. But the two leave before the fireworks show begins. Crystal's teenage daughter texts her grandma, Sherry Ballard, Crystal's mom. She's worried because she hasn't seen her mom. Sherry figures it's a holiday and she's busy, but just to ease her granddaughter's worry, she sends a text to Crystal at 6.42 p.m. It read, Kylie is trying to get in touch with you. With no response to her message, Sherry starts calling and texting other family members. No one has heard from Crystal. So she calls Crystal herself. No answer. She calls over and over. Still nothing. Sherry sends Crystal another text at 9.27 PM. Everyone is worried about you. Even your kids call someone sherry's motherly intuition is starting to creep in but she holds tight to the hope that her daughter's phone is just dead and it's all just as simple as that and nothing more but when the sun rises over the bluegrass parkway on sunday july 5th sherry still hasn't heard from crystal she knows something is not right sherry runs into brooks crystal's boyfriend at the gas station and asks him where Crystal is. According to Sherry, he tells her that he and Crystal argued and he hasn't seen her since. If that wasn't alarming enough for Sherry, she peeks into the car and notices her youngest grandson is strapped into his car seat in the back seat. Her heart falls to her knees. Crystal would never leave her children And she certainly wouldn't leave her kids and not tell anyone where she was going or when she'd be back. And that was the moment Sherry knew something bad has happened to her daughter. The panicked mother beelined it to the Nelson County Sheriff's Office and reported Crystal missing. Soon after, Crystal's father, Tommy Ballard, gets a call from his son-in-law. It's about Crystal's car, her maroon Chevy sedan is spotted on the side of the Bluegrass Parkway at mile marker 14, abandoned. It has a flat tire, and inside are her keys, her purse, and her uncharged cell phone. Police begin searching down the hill, leading away from the side of the highway, but there's no sign of Crystal. Her family goes back to that spot with a search party, They're armed with flashlights and begin to scour as much land surrounding the area as possible until the wee hours of the morning. But again, they can't find Crystal. It doesn't take long for Crystal's family to form a group dubbed Team Crystal to manage the search efforts beyond that area, expanding throughout the small town and into other parts of Nelson County. One person missing from that search team, Brooks
2: download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
0: The first time I met Crystal's family in 2019, something special happened, or someone. After pulling down the long driveway, I made my way out of the car and started walking toward Crystal's older son, who greeted me outside. A tiny butterfly fluttered around me, and gently landed on my finger. And it lingered. I smiled and whispered to her son and a few others, Look! Crystal's son whispered back to me that butterflies, for them, are someone special. Their someone special loved butterflies. And Crystal's family believes she sends these little winged beauties to show them a sign that she's still with them sherry welcomes me with a hug as i walk inside her home a home that's filled with love and memories and so many photos and trinkets remembering their special butterfly shelves are lined with angel statues and carved wooden butterflies but beyond those sentimental charms is the stark reminder that she's missing as i glance over and see her missing persons flyer prominently displayed on Sherry's refrigerator. But inside Sherry's living room, Crystal's smile beams off the mantle in framed family portraits. She's beautiful, blonde, blue eyes, and is the oldest of the Ballard children. Born in 1980, Sherry, whom Crystal got her bright blue eyes from, vividly remembers Crystal was a good kid growing up, very shy in school, She was easy to get along with and had no enemies. As soon as Crystal is reported missing, the Nelson County Sheriff's Office begins investigating along with the Kentucky State Police. And on July 8th, three days after Sherry reports Crystal missing, Brooks Houck sits inside the Nelson County Sheriff's Office for an interview with Detective John Snow. During that interview, the detective asks him about Steve Lawson, and that call Brooks received the night he was driving home from the farm with Crystal and their son. Brooks can't recall the conversation, so he calls Steve to remind him what they talked about. Steve tells Brooks on speakerphone in front of Detective Snow that he was calling three days earlier at midnight about a rental property. But that isn't the only call during this police interview. Brooks' brother, Nick Hauk, a Bardstown police officer, interrupts the interview when he calls Brooks and advises him to stop talking. Nick, who is also interviewed and fails a polygraph, ends up losing his job as a police officer a few months later. Come October, Nelson County Sheriff Ed Mattingly makes some proclamations regarding the Houck brothers and Crystal's case. Quote, Nick Houck has failed a polygraph regarding Mrs. Rogers' disappearance. He advised his brother to not speak to the police. He refused to speak to our investigator. And he has been uncooperative in grand jury testimony and has selective amnesia. He's not worthy of being a police officer. He also publicly names her boyfriend, Brooks Hauk as the prime suspect in her disappearance during a press conference. He goes on to say she's likely deceased because she hasn't reached out to her tight-knit family. The sheriff points to eight pages of circumstances that lead to Brooks as the culprit and that he also believes Nick knows what happened to Crystal. The sheriff says as soon as they have enough evidence against Brooks, he will be arrested. And by December 2015, just four months after Crystal goes missing, An arrest is made, but it's not Brooks. Danny Singleton, a longtime friend, full-time employee, and tenant of Brooks, is arrested for perjury in connection to her disappearance after testifying to a grand jury, lying about where he was on July 3rd and July 4th, 2015, the weekend she went missing. He testifies that he was in Louisville on July 3rd, 2015, and went to a bar with someone. However, a witness refutes that and indicates he was actually in Bardstown. He's indicted on 38 counts of perjury, but after those are knocked down to false swearing, he serves eight months behind bars and is released by 2016. Over the next eight years, authorities search numerous Halk-related properties, multiple locations, multiple times and collect multiple items. Their searches span but are not limited to Brooks' grandmother's house, Nick's house, and the 245-acre Hulk family farm, where Crystal was allegedly last with Brooks and their son the night before she went missing. All search warrants and items recovered from those properties are sealed. In 2020, the FBI's Louisville field office creates a task force her case and with that more searches and more items are collected and those are sent to the fbi lab in quantico virginia for testing in 2021 the fbi digs below ground on a property in bardstown specifically a driveway where a cadaver dog hit that property is a site brooks worked on the summer crystal went missing While Crystal vanished more than eight years ago, the year 2023 marks the year that the wheels of justice in her case started to turn. It all started over the summer with the first of multiple dominoes falling. A 32-year-old Nelson County man, Joseph Lawson, is arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit murder and tampering with physical evidence in connection to Crystal Rogers' disappearance, he pleads not guilty to both charges on September 7th. And on September 27th, almost eight years to the day after the sheriff vowed to arrest Brooks, 41 year old Brooks Houck is arrested and charged with murder and tapering with physical evidence. He's being held on a $10 million cash bond and he is ordered not to have any contact with Crystal's family. Brooks pleads not guilty to both charges in October. And in December of 2023, a third man, Steve Lawson, is arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit murder and tampering with physical evidence, the same charges against Joseph Lawson, who's believed to be his son. He's Brooks' employee who called him that night on the way home from his family farm and the man who Brooks called during his police interview. His attorney, Theodore Lavitt, speaks to the media on behalf of his client, saying he's been verbally offered immunity. Lavitt also relays statements shared by Steve Lawson stating, Joey Joseph Lawson drove Crystal's car on the Bluegrass Parkway and got a flat tire so he went to pick him up." And quote, I did not hurt Crystal and was not involved in hurting Crystal. I didn't plan to hurt Crystal. I didn't conspire to hurt Crystal. Brooks Houck is due back in court in February, and Joseph Lawson is scheduled to appear in court in January. Brooks' trial could be on the docket as soon as the summer of 2024. The prosecution says, Discovery will include more than a terabyte of evidence, including thousands of documents. With the 2023 chapter closed, only time will reveal what 2024 holds for the community, for Crystal's family and friends, and for justice. Just outside the Nelson County Sheriff's Office and the Bardstown Police Department, along Bardstown's main thoroughfare, stands a large billboard. It's been there the entire eight and a half years Crystal Rogers has been missing. It towers over each passerby, driving along Stephen Foster Boulevard. And when they look up, Crystal is smiling back at them. Next to her photo, are the words in all caps. Last seen July 3rd by Brooks Houck, who is named the main suspect in her disappearance, according to the Nelson County Sheriff's Department. When I spoke to Sherry back in 2019 about Crystal's case, she said she will never stop speaking up and speaking out for her daughter, telling me, quote, I will be her voice until I can't be no more This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Today's episode is hosted and written by me, Jessica Knoll. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Todd McComas and I are co-executive producers. Our lead producer is Dennis Cooper. The episode is edited and sound designed by Dayton Cole. John Street and Tracy Kaplan are the supervising producers, along with additional production by Sean Narney and Jordan Foxworthy. Original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. The cover art is by Byron McCoy and Isabella Maxey. Special thanks to the team at UTA, Beck Media and Marketing, and the Nord Group. Sources for today's episode can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. See you next Saturday. Thanks for listening to this episode of This Day in Crime. The show is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts.